Alright everybody, welcome to episode 40 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkernaut, and today is February 15th, 2017. Alright, this is part 2 of her story. And uh, this part of her story, these were actually recorded in two separate occasions. Uh, I know before with some really long episodes, I just split them up, but this one is actually two parts. So, enjoy guys. Alright, so her story... Um... What what do we what do we leave off? Basically, we talked about whether her story was a game or not. Right, right. And now I think we're just about ready to dive into the narrative, kind of you know what happened in the story, what our theories are, mm. and um, the fun stuff, I guess. No, that's not true. They're all fun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. So I didn't. I know Austin last time talked about three theories, but I didn't really like read anything about the third theory. The third theory. So the three theories are the twins theory, the multiple personality disorder theory, and the last one is a little less believable in my. Or I don't know. I guess not necessarily less believable. I think I just personally like it less. I haven't really done a thorough analysis of which theory is the most plausible. But the third theory would be that there's only one woman, but she's making it all up. Hmm. Women. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one suspect. It's the... It's everything is... I mean, you can't actually verify anything she says. Right? Um, true. So there is a possibility that Hannah, if that is her real name, <clears throat> uh, made up Eve and is just reenacting everything. Mm. Like, like, she just faked everything. Doesn't matter if there's twins or multiple personalities. Or, it doesn't matter. Right? Everything's just made up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, just to clarify, after reading, I understand that the reflection on the screen is now, what's her name? Still, still don't know her name. Sarah? Sarah. Sarah, yeah. No one, who cares? Sarah is the daughter. You are playing as Sarah. Yeah. And so the reflection on the screen, the creepy reflection on the screen is... Creepy. <laughs> is you seeing yourself mm-hmm. because you're trying to discover what happened. I... I'm not sure if the police sirens were like necessary. I guess. Yeah, I don't know if that had significance. Yeah. Yeah, don't know about that police. Maybe siren. she was at like a police department. <clears throat> or... I mean, she was. I think, by all accounts, she was. Yeah, I would say so. Or maybe, maybe that... she was from jail. Came out of jail or something. Came out of jail. Why <laughs> was she in jail? <laughs> Who knows. Maybe she was the murderer. <gasps> Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so between the three theories... Uh, okay, okay. So how... So I guess what how I thought of the narrative was... I thought the narrative was really good. Um, it was engaging. It was exciting. Uh, I really enjoyed listening through the stories, whether it was in or out of order. Um... 
I thought that um I really felt like the story though in terms of the of the theories um I felt like they tried a little bit too hard to make sure it was ambiguous and there were certain things um throughout the story where it like leaned really hard towards the twins like you know the whole like um birthing thing or you know like one one of them was a virgin and the other wasn't Mm-hmm. And then, like, it leaned really hard towards, like, oh, they're not twins. Uh, I can't remember any examples, but there would be times where I'm like, oh, there's no way it's two people because it's, like, so weird if it was because she was having, like, some weird twinning things going on. Or not twinning, but, you know, single person. I don't know. But I, I kind of felt like the story tried too hard to keep it ambiguous, and I felt like it kind of detracted from like, the narrative itself, it, like, in a very small way, but I don't know. How'd you guys feel? Huh. So, did, so your question is, did, do we think the ambig, the ambiguous, ambiguity of what was going on in the story detract from, or that the ambiguity of whether it's a twins or multiple personalities or whatever other theories did that ambiguity detract from the enjoyment of the story uh that's how i feel but like how do you guys <laughs> feel about like the narrative overall Austin, i mean i enjoyed the narrative i <clears throat> i understand it's an ambiguous game and i enjoyed while playing the hypothesizing that we we were doing the oh oh is it two people oh is it just one person that was really so I enjoyed fun. that a lot um, and I actually enjoyed reading up on her story after the fact reading other people's interpretations their own discussions and their own flow of how they got from one hypothesis to the other and what they eventually settled upon. But I feel like at this point, her story still stands out more to me, not in terms of the narrative it delivers, but still more of the mechanics and the discussions we can have around the mechanics. Hmm. Interesting. So I've definitely switched less to the... From, oh, this is a really cool narrative, to, oh, this is a really cool um, manifestation of entertainment. (laughs) you know for me i like the whole idea of playing a game because it's trying or has a different slash novel uh, mechanics to to me just personally uh feels a little hollow Mm -hmm. um like i would never in like if i were just on my own <clears throat> not not doing a game club or anything like that. I don't know if I would be thrilled about um, playing a game because the advertisement uh, focuses on, like, oh, check out this, you know, new mechanic that has never been done before. Like that that would not be a selling point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so I can appreciate like. 
uh, developers trying something different. And I think in this particular case, I, I think it worked well for what what for the story they were trying to tell. Um, but that is not to say that it's necessarily the most effective way of telling a story. I think. I think we touched upon it uh, in the last part, where I can imagine <clears throat> the story of her story being. Um, being developed as a film, and I feel yes. like it would be able to do justice to the story in that in that medium as well. So, well, that's fine. I definitely would have enjoyed it less as a film. But well, as how would small, you know, though? It hasn't come out. <laughs> right, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's almost like a personal preference of what kind of what forms of entertainment do you enjoy? Sure, daily, right? And to me, films are video games as the primary form of entertainment that I consume. So to me, sure, there is such a thing as <clears throat> oh, this is completely worthless as a video game. Like, there's no reason this is a video game. Um, there are games I, that are like that. I actually haven't had that feeling before. Have you? Like, I mean, like, okay, so I I wasn't like so excited about her story or anything. Um, but when we were playing and stuff, I had a lot of fun. Um, and it was definitely an enjoyable experience. But, I mean, can you name a game off, of, off the top of your head where you were like, why is this a game? Uh, Battlefield 4 campaign. What? What do you mean? <laughs> like, I almost would have just could rather consumed that as a, as a film than a... Like oh, I would rather have it just be a generic military film than generic military shooter. I don't know. To me, that that's a game where it's like I. To me, it's the same thing, either or. And again, a lot of that comes down to personal preference. Right? <clears throat> sure, uh, you, you seem to have a very, very, very different. Uh, uh, I don't know different way of appreciating games and different way of appreciating films, I guess, than, than I personally have. Yeah. But I think that's why we do Game Club. Yeah. Or well, Film Club, even. Which I'm in one. And yeah, it's. I think it's... So I definitely do have games, personally, that I've found. Usually games I stop playing. Where the game mechanics... First of all, the narrative would be so boring that I didn't care. And second of all, the game mechanics were equally boring where I did not care to continue. So basically, nothing <laughs> in the game was interesting. Right? In that case, I might as well just have it in a background as a film. Um, so... Yeah, I can name a few games. Ultimately, her story was... To me, the mechanic was interesting and new. And I definitely am the type who would be willing to try games that are trying some new mechanics, even if that's pretty much all they are. I don't think those kind of games have a lot of legs, um, but I think her story had enough to carry it through and deliver the narrative it's trying to deliver without feeling like the entire system overstayed its welcome. Unless you're like us who tried to go for that 100% and that last few were 
was very much a chore. <clears throat> last so, few of those snippets. So I have a follow-up question to what you're saying, but before we get to that, I'm actually curious whether, Chris, can you name any games off the top of your head where you felt like, why is this even a game? Uh, um... Yes, join the dark side, Chris. Be contentious. You <laughs> uh, require more contention. Yes. I feel like... <clears throat> this is the time to bring out all of your subjectivity. Channel your inner negativity. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the, the closest thing to why is this a game would be to the moon. For me. I would agree. Because... Yes. Because I like there are like there are points in time in the game where I was like, dude, I don't want to. I like I just straight up don't want to move my character and have to find these stupid pieces anymore. Like yeah. I, I just want to hear the story. You're and, right. Like, like just give it to me. And so like that was the only time, but I don't. But I don't hate it for being a game. That's just like yeah. the closest time where I was like, I don't I don't really care about playing it. I just want to see it. You know. Yeah, I agree. To the Moon is definitely one of those games where I'm on the I'm definitely on the fence about whether or not it's better as a game. I think ultimately it still is, but if it had been delivered in a <clears throat> film medium or anime, I think or yeah or <laughs> anime, I think I'd still be pretty happy with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so that's a good segue, Austin, because I was going to ask you in response to your previous statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so what part of her story um, or sorry, let me rephrase. Was there a particular point, I'm guessing towards the latter half of the game where you were convinced that, oh, the mechanic of this game is really enhancing my experience of this narrative? I think I thought that already early on. Because ultimately, the game is about solving a mystery, right? Or at least attempting to solve a mystery. You're trying to comb through these old video files to put the story back together. Okay, sure. Uh, Let's just say that that's true. So to me, what... The video game, video games as a medium allows you to interact more actively with the narrative. Yes. By so in a game, yeah. right. So in a game such as her story, where the whole point is for you, the player, to piece together the story, I think it. I personally prefer a more active role than just sitting and just watching a movie play out and trying to piece it together in my head. Right. You could argue that I could technically do the same thing with a movie and I just take notes as I watch a movie, but her story has a kind of freedom where I need to think of what the next word is. Where What's the path I'm trying to follow here? What lead did, this, did these new videos give me so I can find the next batch of new videos? So it, I think it more actively engages the player than a movie would engage um, its audience. And so that's why I think her story ultimately works better for me as a video game than just as a film. 
Um, I can see that. I think um, personally, playing through her story, and I think specifically the way we played her story, I think was much more enjoyable as a game that could not have been replicated as a movie. Um, we did not play it completely conventionally because we did play it as a group. And I think we, because we played it as a group, we played it a lot slower. And in my opinion, that made the game better because we were able to go through, like, say, a quarter of the, the videos, kind of think about it, and then we would come back, like, talk over theories, and then continue some more. And I think it really added to, like, the dynamic of the mechanic that probably wasn't, like, intended to be there. per se but um i enjoyed it as a game because of the mechanics Hmm. i definitely think playing as a let's play enhanced the experience i completely agree with that statement it's kind of the same mentalities i have towards playing sherlock and something detective the board game i think it'd be fun to if i was particularly bored and had nothing else to do to sit down and try to solve a mystery myself but it's even better when you can play it with, you know, two or three other people, or or one to three other people, so that you can follow a lead and talk about it. Right? It's more interesting because your friends might have a different perspective that you didn't think of, and that gets you closer to the truth faster, and at the very least helps you engage other people in the mystery, which I think ultimately is more interesting than solving a mystery yourself. But at the same time, her story still offers you the freedom of having a solo experience, and I think it can still deliver quite well, even if you played it solo. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Chris, I just realized that um, <clears throat> I, th- I think my question kind of detracted from the original objective of, of this session. Who cares? Right? We wanted to go over the, uh, <laughs> the story more and the interpretation of, of, of that story. I think we're just back to, is it a game? Well, no, I, I think <laughs> more, just kidding. Just more kidding. so than is it a game that I was, I guess I was trying to dive into, or I was trying to see whether I would somehow, whether you might be able to say something where I can have that kind of like aha moment, like, oh, like, I guess that's something that you experienced with this game that I wasn't able to experience at the time that led you to enjoy this more as a game as as opposed to some other media mm. you know that, that's suppose... that's just what i was curious about <laughs> it, that may not exist you know maybe it's just a personal experience uh, personal preference like you were saying i was just curious whether there was like a like a particular moment where you were like like for example oh that first moment when you see the uh, screen flicker and you see that you're playing as this character and let's say you surmised that that was her daughter or something. Mm-hmm. Like the moment I realized that I was playing as the daughter was a very big aha moment because that made whatever portion of the story have more weight, for example. You know, like it, I was like, I don't know, that argument probably makes absolutely no sense. But I was hoping that there might be some kind of argument like that that you had, uh, which backs up this idea that yes this definitely worked better as a game i think at a superficial level it really comes down to personal preference it's yeah. the same thing even just like in film some people just want to watch 
some sweet action films with the one man versus the world, pew pew action. And other Coffee people want to. <laughs> I know several people who are like that. <laughs> and some people want to like sit down and watch what other people might think is a slow film or films that have, take a long time to reach a climax and then it pulls the rug out from under you. But you have to sit through the whole hour and a half to get to the, the twist that ultimately completely tears the world, the walls of the world around you away and makes you see things in a different light and makes you want to rewatch the movie again to catch all the things that now suddenly mean something else, right? It's almost the same thing where I enjoy this game because I like being an active... I like to actively engage the game. Well, but then when you say active, do you mean physically active? Because you can definitely... Or I would argue that you can be actively engaged while watching a film. I agree as well. Um, and I, that's and why I'm not... Not involving any physical, any physical activity. Right. I like, think her story allows you to do the physical part of taking notes of of physically deciding what's the next place to go. Yeah. Right. So I to me for solving murders, I'm basically trying to figure out a narrative that isn't immediately obvious where the point of the game is to to understand the narrative not just from not just the on rails what's fed to you but trying to uncover the truth of the matter then then how do you feel about the fact that the ending is ambiguous and you're not really sure about what what it was that exactly happened you're not even sure whether it was hannah who did it or whether it was her twin or whether it's the same person that has multiple personalities and you also don't know exactly what her daughter sarah it's supposed is there is why her daughter is even looking into this in the first place, right? They just kind of mm-hmm. leave it with this question where this uh, SB character is just like, "Oh, do you now understand why your mother did what she did?" Mm-hmm. And you have no choice but to say yes, in order to proceed. I mean, right? right. So, so how do, you, how do you feel about that then? Cause I will say my immediately, my immediate, no, not immediate, my immediate. You're late. <laughs> yes, my my lately. I mean, my late. No, my immediate reaction, right as we hit yes, and the game started pulling credits, was I felt I definitely felt very subdued after the whole thing. On on a scale of zero to Mass Effect three first time playthrough before cool. you see, what, what, cool. <laughs> how's the? <laughs> uh, maybe Mass Effect two. So this gets in a whole other discussion. So let's let's get into it later if you want. But essentially, I felt very subdued. I part of me wished the ending had more, like a clear here's the answer or clear <clears throat> implications of your actions. But the more I started reading about it and the more I started thinking about trying to figure out the implications of the ending or rather the lack of an ending and basically filling, trying to fill in the gaps for myself of why Sarah is looking into this in the first place, I think the game, the game's ambiguity to me is irrelevant hmm. to the experience. Yes, it's ambiguous. Yes, there's no clear-cut ending. You could interpret it as twins, multiple, dis- multiple personality disorder, or one person I just saw wrote, genius psychopath. 
<laughs> as a third option. Right? You can interpret it as any of those three. And they each have their own set of implications about why Sarah's doing what she's doing. And the tr- it even changes how you might see Simon as a character or Hannah and Eve as a character. I'm definitely Hannah and Eve as a character. Um, and I think all three are very interesting interpretations and ultimately all we're thinking about. And the game has tons more content just based on all the references to fairy tales and small little hints to stuff that allow you to interpret all these things with more than meets the eye narrative. So then it it sounds to me like you you place a great deal of appreciation um, with a game's ability to uh, kind of light the light the flame for community imagination and storytelling uh, as opposed to uh, the game's uh, outright or more direct feeding of, you know, here's a cool idea or here's a cool story. Here are some cool characters. So yeah, e- think- even even if it was not, even if it was not even the creator's intent for those kind of discussions or um, like spin-off ideas like stuff to come about, even if that was not the design the creator's intent, you appreciate that kind of. Uh, uh, imagination that can come out of a game's ambiguous storytelling is, is that is that is that a fair statement of what you're saying about yeah, what you're saying i'd say so that's one of the major uh experiences i look for in a game that i would consider a good game i think i think ben explained or like described how i feel about the game like perfectly about the whole like ambiguity, right? There's so many things that they didn't explain um, in the game, and I think that's what bothered me. And it's not so much the fact. Well, okay, it is the fact that they didn't explain it, but I don't think that the the like the idea of not explaining things per se is a bad thing. But I think in this particular example, it it felt more lazy than it did clever. To me, I. I actually side more with Chris here as well. Um, and again, for the record, I, I want to be very clear that I'm not trying to hate on the game. Yeah, I, I love I, this game. I enjoy the game, and I appreciate the game. And when we were playing it, I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, going back to all, everything uh, you guys have said so far about having played together and stuff, that was all great. Yes. Um, but I think the lack of a, of a clear uh, conclusion or a clear explanation, mm-hmm. or, or even a clear interpretation, like a, like a surface-level interpretation of the story, kind of leaves it lacking. Like, yeah. it's, it's, like, it gives, it's, like it's almost as if it's giving me homework. Like, like, it's like oh, so is, is this what the story is about? And then the only thing that the, st- only thing that the game gives me is, is it? <laughs> like, so, like, to me, that's not, that's not sufficient. At the very least, I, I would want to... I would want something at the surface. Remember, like when we were talking about to the moon, right? You can just take everything kind of as is, as presented, and then you can go further, right? So there's still room for uh, the community or you as a player to develop these kinds of alternate theories or whatever. It's kind of the same reason why I really appreciated the the indoc theory in Mass Effect, for example, 
like disregarding whether I agreed it with agreed with it or not. But the fact that like even uh, with a very you know surface level, here's kind of what happens that the game presented. People were able to come up with, but wait, was that really what happened? Right, like that that gives it a a bit more of a um factor for me. Uh, same with Spec Ops, right? There was a very clear like here's what the ending is, right? But then you can go further and go like, wait, was that what it was? There, I didn't I didn't have that moment with her story. It was just kind of like like Austin said, you know, you you press yes, enter, credits roll, and there was no like, wait, so what did happen? Right, right. I think this also, but this also comes down to what we may interpret the the goal of the, I guess in this case is a one man team. So let's say just say developer intended, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for our games like Spec Ops and Mass Effect and To the Moon, they're all made to have, they're all meant to be a narrative, right? Where here's this overarching story, and if you dig a little deeper, there's more than the superficial layer to the story. Whereas almost, based on what I've like read about the interpretation of the developer intentions and the way the game's designed for her story, it's not so much just that there is a narrative, but the game itself is like almost a commentary about how a lot of murder cases are treated and murders are publicized and uh, covered by news organizations in real life where we don't know what the truth of the matters are, right? Like when you're dealing with a court case, you're judging you based off of testimony and evidence, but ultimately the truth, you can get close as close as you think the truth to the truth as you can, or so based on evidence and testimony, but ultimately you won't ever know what happened. It's almost like, to use a popular pop culture reference, it's like cereal. You don't really know what happened. Are, and we you, can speculate. Are you right? saying that this was, like Sam Barlow stated, that that was kind of his intent? or I believe that was one of the original reasons of creating her story, was was to inv- kind of not play, but play on the idea of those kind of situations where you're a third party looking into a major murder case, or in this case, just a murder case, right? Huh. In which case, would that, like, it's... You're right, maybe that does maybe makes it less of a game and more of an interactive art piece, like a social commentary, right? right. And, and this see, com- see part one. <laughs> right. And then it comes back down to expectations of the game again. Right, right, right. I generally leave myself open to interpreting things not just in rigid, oh, all games must have narrative, or all games must have superficial narrative, or all films must have an easily interpreted plotline. I kind of am willing to give most books, films, video games, uh, you have something to say. I'll experience something. And then I'll see what other people experienced. And when I learn about the some of the intent behind the developers' uh, decisions, that will change my experience. And I'm very open to that whole experience, not just the game. It's, the game doesn't end when the game rolls its credits. 
because to me, a game, a film, a book is an experience, but, and it continues onward. So I don't know. I, that's could just be a difference of how we enjoy our entertainment. But uh, I think I think more more. Sorry, Chris, but uh, I I think more so. At least for me, I I've gotten past. I've now gotten past the uh, you know. Oh, it could just be that you you just personally find this medium or this kind of experience more enjoyable and maybe some other people don't find it as enjoyable. Like more more so than that now cuz I think I've gotten past that. I'm I'm curious now about what like what we can piece together about the designer's intent and mm-hmm. what it was, like be it a narrative, be it uh just a novel mechanic or be it some, you know, commentary on the judicial system or whatever. I'm I'm I was kind of getting at what what the intent was there. Um so like you were saying how we can see this as a a commentary on um how you know we may never really know exactly what happened in terms of a like a criminal case or something like that. It mm-hmm. in which case though that would that may maybe seem to um I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would have worked better if uh, there, if it was an anonymous person that you were playing as. Like it was an anonymous you that was looking into this murder case a while back because something felt a little fishy or something. But it was it was very deliberately and intentionally her daughter. I and, think that actually makes it better. But if it was supposed to be a commentary about what exactly happened, or if it was supposed to be a commentary about the fact that you may never know what actually happened, like what the truth is, mm-hmm. um, versus whether or not someone was found guilty, then why why do you think that it's better that you're playing as a daughter as opposed to an anonymous you? Because the reasons for a daughter wanting to learn about her mother's murder is much more impactful than just some guy who's curious about the murder. And if anything, I think the mistake that I... If I was playing this game alone and I played it the way we played it, right? Like, followed all the same decisions we made. I think the only mistake, and I say that as, like, a choice that I would have now that I've given it some thought, would have made and said, is I would have said no when asked, do you understand what your mother did? Or, do you understand why your mother did what she did? I think to me... Did, didn't you say it, that you looked it up and then it just takes you back to the... Yeah, it just says, oh, don't... like It's getting late or something. You can always look again tomorrow. Why don't you meet me out front? And it still rolls the credits. Oh, it still rolls the credits. Yes, it, the game still. Oh, ends. that would have been so much better. Right, my like, opinion. To, to me, like that. <laughs> to me, like that's the only wrong. Well, no, okay. there's not many choices. I think the, the, it's impactful because you're the daughter. You're struggling to understand what your mother did and why she did it, and ultimately, the game doesn't tell you an answer. Yeah, it's almost like if you say yes. It's not so much, yes, I understand what you did, but it's, yes, I have come to terms with whatever I think was her reasons. Uh, right? I, I like what you're saying about the, about the uh, no. I completely agree with you that that may have been better because for me, typing yes and pressing enter was like a cognitive dissonance-like thing. 
Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't understand why <laughs> why the mother did what she did. Like, give me a break. Like, that told me nothing. Right, so but, I think we kind of fell into the trap there of, oh, this is endgame. It must yeah. have to end the game if we press yes. Oh. But the game still ends if you say no. Regret. Like, I think, I think if... If, like, maybe you say yes and maybe, like, uh, the SB character elaborates on the yes, then it would have made things more clear. Or, you know, it's no and then it says, oh, you know, like, well, we can try coming back next time, roll credits or whatever. Yeah. I feel like that would have provided a more more clear, like, stance about, oh, you know, this this may very well be, you know, commenting on the way that yeah. the judicial system works or something like that. <laughs> it's I think not so I much the judicial that. system, just to quickly reiterate that. It's more of the bystander looking into a case mentality and how little we truly can see into the reality of a situation. Sure. But yeah, so it's, it's a pretty similar idea. And yeah, I think, um, I think the weakness of that was people who play Hearst, I think most people who play video games would fall into the same trap of looking for the end game and just pressing yes which i think you're right in that if you had said no it actually makes the intent of the game or at least that interpretation of the intent of the game much more clear and can actually help the players begin the thought process of wait maybe the game is trying to actually say something and not just Hey, did you experience the narrative? Yes. Game's over. So my regret is not taking the risk and saying no. And just assuming that yes was the way out and that's what we should do. Well, I hope you can uh, face yourself at the, in the mirror I hope, every morning. I hope I, hope I can. Oh, speaking of mirrors... Mirrors are an important part of this game. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which we have gotten quite far away from. Yeah. Sorry, I I, remember, I just remember now, Chris, you were about to say something. Uh, I don't even remember. It wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> it I think, probably was important. I think we'll saying... Never know now. That's interesting, that saying no and then ending the game, that does make it a lot more satisfying. Now that like we, we've like kind of laid it out. Because I, I did know before that saying no still rolled the credits, but I didn't really think through like the implications of Sarah herself not understanding what's going on and like what that means. That is a lot better. <laughs> I think it's almost reached... like Her story definitely has that metagaming level of... just as, Well, in Transistor, it's a little bit more of a stretch, right? Like I came up with this like meta idea of you can loop forever until you're satisfied with the ending. And I feel like you can, <coughs> excuse me, you can say the same for a few other games, but definitely her story plays almost hands you that meta on a in your face on in your face level if you say no, right? Because the game still ends, but you can still come back to it tomorrow. It's almost as if the story, the game is telling you directly, "Oh, it's alright if you don't understand today. Just come back tomorrow. And keep trying." Mm. And eventually, like the only way to if you ever, you could forever just say, keep saying no, and the game's technically still over, right? You can keep saying no, but you've already seen the credits. There's nothing else to, and you can get 100% and still say no to that question. Hmm. 
In fact, the only time you would say yes is if you think you've reached whatever understanding, whatever resolution you're speak, you're seeking. That's the only time you would say yes. And it's possible, just like in real life, you never reach yes. Hmm. I think her story definitely plays on that meta level more directly. So I think, I think going off of what you said, I think that her story could be it could be like a really clever game right um if it's like kind of what how you're describing it kind of like a like a commentary on the bystanders of like cases i guess or like about like the ambiguity and all that meta stuff um but i think it's only clever if the developer intended it to be otherwise (laughs) i feel like it's just kind of lazy Still, but I think that I agree. I feel I I give the developer the benefit of doubt on that one. I okay. think it's he's actually quite experienced and he's an experienced writer. It's not like this is his first foray into video games. Mm, I see. I see. And like he's written, he worked on Silent Hill and stuff, and a lot of those are not straightforward games. Those are games that work on multiple levels in the first place. So I wouldn't. Not that that provides a. Right, I mean, but it's like different logical of, connection there. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. But it's the idea that like if all he's written were like, um, Call of Duty campaigns, I might be like, yeah, I don't hey. know. Hey, <laughs> what? Why? Why? Call of Duty bashing. I took a cheap, cheap shot there. I'm not saying like Call of Duty's a bad game. It's just not for me. And for the most part, the campaign isn't meant to be read on multiple levels. Right. It's like watching. That's a good explosion movie. It's, it's like watching pulse. Mission Impossible and like say, "Wow, that's really crazy how all that happened in Tom Cruise's mind," which it doesn't, or maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe I'm too dumb to understand. I don't know. It's just like the different. Wait, wait, different wait, 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 wait. That that. I want to make sure you're not saying what I think you're saying. Maybe I'm saying dumb things. I mean, so are you? Are you claiming that uh, whatever narrative or I don't know art or whatever medium thing, whatever someone is trying to something that someone is trying to say on whatever medium, that it needs to have multiple levels or oh, no, 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 needs no, no. to provide freedom for you to be able to make your own interpretation? No, no, not at all. I'm just saying that there's different degrees of... I'm just saying that there's different experiences that go into writing for those two... like For those kind of... For different types of narratives. Right. And that the fact that this guy has experienced writing narratives that aren't necessarily just superficial take it for take it as it is on face value is it is silent hill supposed to be like this multi-level like here is an interpretation a here's interpretation at least the ones that i read yeah there are many of them metaphorical and express a greater journey than just the walk through scary foggy village Mm. lots of scary things are trying to kill you spooky okay so i actually like a lot of the narratives in silent hill they're very dark and play on the characters past that come back to haunt them or you can just see everything as weird crazy like zombie nurses and pyramid heads 
Uh, you were you were mentioning mirrors. Hey Chris, want to go back to discussing plot? Okay, so um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of want to talk about what theory you guys kind of um, prescribed to. Oh, okay. For um, her story, uh, I think for me, I still think they're twins. Uh, mostly because I think it's a little too hard to, well, uh, I guess Eve could have gotten a tattoo way beforehand. And no, we did. I think we saw her arm. Was that the only time we see Eve's arm? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, no. What was that? I don't think that's true. I think we see her arm on multiple interview dates. Well, I think, okay. Either way, for sure, we see Hannah's arm on um, June 30th. And oh, then... oh, gosh. Let me take out my notes since you're starting to... <laughs> <laughs> okay. We see Hannah's arm on June 30th, and then we see Eve's arm on July 1st, which has the tattoo. And Hannah's does not have the tattoo the day before. And I think it's too hard for Hannah slash Eve to get a tattoo that night um and then like just have it the next day like it's possible but i feel like for me personally it's it's like a little bit too much of a stretch to um have them as like the same person and so like for me the twins make a little more sense and then there was another time i forget when but hannah has a bruise on her left eye and then the next day when you see Eve there's no bruise and then Eve trying to pretend to be Hannah like uh, touches the wrong eye she touches her right eye and so it still could be like the same person theory but I feel like the the twin theory kind of just like is a little bit too apparent for me in those senses but what do you guys think? Um, I I think it's a twin. Um, I'm I'm finding it harder to think that it was something else. I like the idea, or I like that during the game when we were playing it, that we were going back and forth between like, oh, here's supporting evidence for twin. Oh, here's supporting evidence for multiple personality. Um, that was definitely fun. Um, but I think things like how they found I think they was it they found a set of fingerprints or they found the hair in her bedroom that like did not match hers or something like that uh, I forgot what it was I think it was hair yeah something like that and I think she says something like oh could it have been our parents or something I don't remember what, what she said um, but I think there was some physical evidence that pointed to there having been someone else other than Simon and Hannah in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what led to the detective asking questions about like, oh, were you ever unfaithful? Did you like sleep around and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's pretty conclusive. And 
I think just personality-wise. Um, well, I mean, they give very clear clues as to which one should be which, right? There's the hair, and there's the uh, like the manner of speaking and the little like gestures and facial stuff that that they do mm-hmm, when they're mm-hmm. Hannah or Eve or whatever. Um, I'm not sure how. Like, I guess unless you go with what the third theory that Austin was mentioning, that, oh, like, she's this super criminal lady who's, you know, pretending to be two different people in order to get away with murder. It's not only pretending to be two different people. She's pretending to be two different people and potentially having multiple personality disorder. Sure. But regardless... Genius psychopath. Regardless, (laughs) regardless, that wouldn't, that wouldn't, like... uh, that wouldn't prevent her from going to prison, right? It would. She would still go to prison. So well, I don't see what the, the point theory, would be. By the twins theory, Eve wouldn't go to prison. No, I'm not talking about the twins theory. I'm talking about the other theory. That if, wouldn't if she it's, just be ruled as mentally unstable and not actually go to prison? So then she'd be committed then, right? Or they would think that she's Eve. I mean, what? okay, so you're saying that if someone commits a murder and they say, no, it was the other me in my head that did it, then you go, oh, well, oh, I throw up my hands. I can't do anything about that now. You're free to go. No, that's not what happens. No, she would, she would, she's an evil mastermind who's pretending like she has a twin, but actually doesn't. So she would be Eve, but there is no Hannah, but she pretends there is a Hannah. Okay, so if if you're saying that it's uh, one person that's pretending that there is a twin, yes, then that would be the way in which she tries to get away with murder, right? Yes, that that, that same line of logic would not work if it was that she was pretending to have multiple personalities. Correct, but she does pretend it's a twin, right? According to the videos, she, yes, she does, or she seems to be claiming that it's a twin, right? Yeah, I don't know. Well, so I guess that's that's just my interpretation of it. I I feel like all things point to it being a physical twin. Yeah. What do you uh, think, Austin? I know there are some evidences about it being a split personality, but I kind of forgot what they were. <laughs> are you going to say for you it doesn't matter? I personally prefer the multiple personality disorder theory. I think the tattoo is a very hard one of the pieces of evidence that would swipe people towards the twins theory, as is the bruise. Um, But I feel like uh, I just part of me definitely am more interested in those kind of stories, I think that's a more interesting twist. So maybe I'm just like fantasizing the which you, one I personally would prefer. You definitely are. You're straying very far from creator intent. That one, no, I definitely agree on that one. Yeah. Um, I find it hard to, the, just as a note, by the way, I find it hard to believe that she would moonlight as this other person by night and stuff, right? Because she was like singing at some club and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And her husband never knows. 
right? Or unless you want to be claiming the whole he knows and he's trying to like trying to sync them together by bringing this this other Eve person into the house. Yeah, which I actually think was a pretty interesting theory. That one that we read a while back. No, we came up with that on our own. What? Oh. Well, the the idea that he's trying to help her? Yeah. Oh, I only got it when I read the thing that you sent me, so I certainly did not come up with that. Oh, wait, sorry. You're right, you're right. Okay. I was giving us, ourselves too much credit. You're right. Yeah. It was, it was that other thing. We're a bunch of dum-dums. Well, sure. Speak for myself. Okay, great. <laughs> more, <laughs> so, I, I don't think it has anything to do with people being dumb or something, but... Um, so I agree. I definitely don't. I haven't read enough to say for sure either. Or I almost think the more interesting story is is that it doesn't necessarily matter. But assuming that Eve, in both cases, right, multiple percent. I, I'm ignoring the third case. I don't like the the third scenario where she's a genius psychopath. I think that's the least interesting of the other two. Yeah. Of the three, least interesting of three. Um. In either the twins or the multiple personality, I think the more interesting the trend, the more interesting pattern is the idea that Eve basically has lived her whole life as a non-person, right? Like, she basically had to pretend to be Hannah the whole time. And even when she was acting as herself, she essentially, as she pointed out a few times, doesn't have identification, right? Um, she doesn't exist, and which is why she longed to be back with Hannah, because that's when when she can actually feel like she has an identity. While oddly enough, that identity is not Eve's but Hannah's, right? So the interesting story arc is that while Eve started her life as a non-person, in the end, Hannah's the one that no longer can exist. And Eve, because she's the one who gets convicted or whatever, ends up becoming an actual person acknowledged by society. Because hmm. she is now logged into the system. Whereas Hannah basically has to disappear forever, change her identity, whatever. Or it does not no longer exist in the same body. Either or. Do you think are they both alive? So I mean, it sounds like you're talking about them being twins, right? In either case, uh, right? Like, no, uh, that story well, arc is my my next question only applies if they are twins. That's that's why I'm asking. Are uh, like is Hannah still alive at this point? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there is any indication either way on this one. Like, there you can't even begin to to draw conclusions. Like that's at that point you're just saying. In my head canon, this is what happens. Or you you can never know. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there was a piece of evidence or something that was said that implies that Hannah's dead or alive? No, I was I was just I was just wondering because um, we spend a good chunk of the story focusing on Hannah and her relationship with Simon, her her husband. And then, kind of throughout, throughout the progression of the the game experience, I guess 
you you realize oh there's this third party Eve, mm-hmm. and then it was Eve that has the child right. Sarah is Eve's daughter, uh-huh. um, regardless of whether it's multiple personalities or twin or whatever. It's Eve's daughter, so then that kind of leads one to wonder oh then what happens to Hannah, the wife of the man who has been murdered. In a way, if she has to, for her to escape from the police, she basically either she has to go into hiding, right, or she kills herself out of guilt or whatever. Or, uh, yeah, I guess. I Unless guess you so. want to say Eve killed her. Well, no, is, not not that. It's just interesting that. I, so I'm kind of realizing this stuff now as I'm talking. I haven't really uh-huh. thought about it, but it's interesting to me then that. The, the person that the police have under interrogation is Eve and not Hannah. Mm-hmm. When Eve says that, you know, Eve, Eve says that Hannah accidentally kills Simon, mm-hmm. right? And that, and that and that they both hide the body together, and they they do some other things to try to create an alibi for themselves and to throw off the police and whatever, whatever. Um, but we don't see Hannah uh, under interrogation, right? She's only she's and, and any further, you mean? Right. Well, I mean, e- even more literally, like they were they they were talking to her in a meeting room, but then at the last interview, it's Eve in the interrogation, right? Suggesting that after that one point where Hannah says, "Oh, why did you bring up Eve?" She basically disappears from the record. Right. Yeah, that that part's kind of weird too. I'm still not sure exactly what's going on there because it. That, oh, I just realized that's actually some evidence of multiple personalities. I think because she's she is supposed to be Hannah, and I believe she says, uh, "Oh, Hannah, Hannah, why, why did you mention Eve?" And then she says, "Poor Simon." I think. Why does she say poor Simon? Did she say poor Simon? Yeah, I believe she does. I'm just remembering it now. Oh, she she says, Hannah, Hannah, why are you talking about Eve? And then she does the the that t- not code Tapping. thing, uh-huh. saying love you, love you, Hannah. Uh-huh. Or she it just says love you. Lo- or did she say just love you or love you? Uh-huh. Hannah? She just says love you. Let me look back. She says love you. Uh, Eve is You're all right. right. Bid bid Hannah. Bid Hannah. Yes. Okay. Bid so Hanan. she says she says love you, and then. Uh, she, I believe she says poor Simon, but that may have been me misremembering. I don't know if you guys still have the game. I don't Solve think she does, but I'm trying to look it up. Um, you can probably find the... Oh, you know, you can actually view every single video from your looking at your Steam files. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Um, I I didn't find the uh, the transcript files, so that must be somewhere. But I didn't see it. Anyway. Anyway. What's next? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I was like trying to figure out the whole hand thing. Um, so, what? Um, 
I just thought this was neat with the whole bid Hannah thing. Uh, Hannon thing. There's, I guess, two theories. The popular one is that it's by Hannah. Yeah. Um, uh huh. There's the the smaller theory that it's actually supposed to be bad Hannah. What? <laughs> Wait, is that is that even close on the tapping? It's not. Oh. Like, like bid yeah. Hannah is all like offset by like one or two one tap or something. Yeah, it's it's like, off by one tap. Each other. Oh, is it? It right, is. That's why we're like, oh, that would make sense if it was just like she messed up. I would even say the other theory is that is more reason why more reason to support like twins or the genius psychopath one where she doesn't one of them just happens to not know the knock code as well as the other person or she doesn't know the knock code that well and she messes it up. Oh, I they feel are. like if they're the same person that would they would know it equally well but that, that could be false too I don't know well that's what people on the internet said just because the Y and the A is the only letter yeah Y and A is very far apart they're very far apart Y is 5-4 and A is 1-1 one, one. yeah I'm less than inclined to believe that it's only bad Hannah as, as hilarious and interesting as that might be <laughs> yeah Oh, internet! Ah, bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I'm gonna have to say that that interpretation is bad. <laughs> uh, okay. Then um, I don't think there's too much more to the story besides the theory, right? And then I mean, there's definitely a lot of like, oh, what so the much. heck was that? Like, what happened there? But then it's all just kind of speculation. Like like we already talked about, there's a lot of ambiguity. Yeah. So I know, like, one one big thing that I forget whether I read it or whether Austin said it or something, but, like, they never talk about their parents much. Like, her her own parents. Like, we, we hear, like, besides the whole, like, oh, they died of poisonous mushrooms. Um. I don't think we really hear much else about them. You know, like we don't even know their names. We know Doug and Eleanor, who are Simon's parents. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of strange. Facts. Yeah. Like, like all the parents or all the Coco parents on Hannah's Eve side, I'm including Florence as a parent, by the way. Florence being the the midwife that helped birth. Uh, Eve and Hannah, they all die in unnatural ways. Yes. So, I feel like I don't have much to contribute to this discussion because I definitely didn't do enough close reading or reading of actual analyses to, and I don't remember enough of it to be able to eloquently express an interpretation. But I definitely encourage you guys to go and, and I can send you guys some links to some interesting interpretations. I think I linked the YouTube video from last time that we ended up not talking about at all because the YouTube video dealt with narrative, which we decided not to deal with. Um, there's a really long-winded discussion that really deals with the fairy tales and ultimately actually tries to argue that the multiple personality disorder one is more plausible than the twins one, hmm. twins um, discussion. But I like it more just based on this discussion of fairy tales and mirrors, which 
is actually a huge part of the game. Like, there's tons of parallels between the Rapunzel story and the Eve Hannah story. So I think it's a really cool read, and I definitely cannot relay it as eloquently as this the writer of the article actually does. So I'm not going to try. I'll just send you guys a link. But I definitely think there's a lot to be explored. Yeah, I... I just don't think I, I don't... have the skills to try. I think more interesting than that for me is I think it's becoming very clear and apparent to me now that um, you, Austin, seem to very much value um, like your your freedom to interpret or um, learning about what other people have come up with or interpret in terms of like a story or experience or whatever, as opposed to um, me, I think, where right off the bat, I'm, I'm first and foremost thinking about creator intent or design. And what, what was it that they were trying to get me to see or think about or realize? Is, is that, what do, you, what do you think about that? Is that fair? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the difficulty is trying to figure out what the creator's intent is within the first few moments of playing a game. Right. Sometimes, right. Sometimes it's not unclear. And then, especially, and we had a discussion last time, like in like her story, the objective isn't apparent very quickly. And even then, the objective kind of changes once you realize that you're Sarah and not some random third person. Well, okay, or, you're, you mean I, at I the very end? Yes. Sure. Like it could change the objective of the game, right? Or it, it changes the implications of your actions of why we're doing this. Um. um well, it does to me anyway. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, <laughs> hey, Chris, where where do you fall in line in that regard? Um, I think. I think designer intent is really important because um, although not everything has to be designer intent um, and sometimes things that just fall into place is kind of like the beauty of the system that that developers have built. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think designer intent in general is still pretty important whether or not it pans out the way they intended it. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the, mm, yeah, I feel like you generally the best narratives or like the the best like game systems and stuff are the ones that are, that have some level of open to interpretation because everything that's fully linear, I feel like just, I don't know, it doesn't have (laughs) as much of an impact for me. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in the middle. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to bash very linear games, just to be clear. Like, I'm looking at my game library now, because I was realizing I sound like I only like games that are open-ended and don't have an obvious story. And I'm like, I actually really like Tomb Raider, to point out one linear, very linear game. <laughs> I, I really like that game. And I feel like other games, such like, even Thomas Was Alone is a pretty linear game. Or at least I certainly didn't spend any time 
looking up other interpretations or anything. I just played it, and that left me with warm, fuzzy feelings, and I really liked it at the end of the game. Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, I, I, that sounds kind of like a... Uh, shoot, I forgot the proper term for it, but it seems like a melding of similar words into the same meaning for your own purposes. Like, so Thomas was alone, you brought up, um, and you said that it was a linear game, which it is, it is a linear game, um, but the progression of the game being linear does, does not say anything about whether the story can be interpreted one way or another. Okay, let's go with superficiality of plot. Right, right. So there are definitely games I've played that can be take that have a superficial plot, right? and I didn't do any delving past that layer. Yes, yes. And I still enjoyed them very thoroughly. Right, right, right. So I'm just pointing out that there is a time and place for both kinds of games. Okay. Right. So, um, so I wouldn't say I only like games that have multiple interpretations or allow for a deep community engagement with the material. Rather, I might have an easier time accepting those right off the bat, right? Without having clear director intent, director creator intent. Right? Such games like Her Story, I just go into it and at the end of it I go, oh, okay. That was great. And I can do my Deep, close reading and whatnot. Here's a kind of off-the-wall question then. Um, Chris, would you be interested or do you... Can you see yourself being interested sometime in the future to create your own game? Video game. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep. Austin, can you see yourself being interested in the future developing your own video game? Yeah, but I don't think I would do anyone any justice. No, so not 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 really going into like uh, like whether or not you can, but whether you would be interested in doing so. You know, taking some part in it. Yeah. Okay. Wait, why do you ask? I I was I was hypothesizing whether <laughs> one's one's inclination to side more with uh, the value of creator intent versus uh, player interpretation had any predictive power in whether or not they'd be interested in developing their own games. Hmm. What would you find? It seems, well, it seems like it, it, it does have a bit of correlation because your initial answer was not really, right? Not really? Your, your initial answer was not really, right? Making a game? Yeah. It, my initial answer was, if I can do it justice, like if I can actually, if I have a vision and I can actually make that, that vision, vision according to what I, how I, to create the experience I wish my audience to experience, mm-hmm. then yes, I would totally do it. If I can't actually give that experience, then I don't, I wouldn't try. Okay. 
just to throw it out there, if I were to make a game, I, w- I would make a fighting game, so so there'd be, like, no narrative. Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I, I personally would either make a game with a really interesting mechanic, such as the ones I'm hearing for The Witness, but also, I think even more than that, I would definitely make a narrative-focused game. I think a really cool, me- a really strong mechanic does a lot for a game, and I really like games that try new mechanics or try interesting combinations of mechanics. Um, must be why th- you like that. Must be why you um, uh, view indie games with much more, with a much more favorable view than myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably good. One of the reasons for it, um, but given my background. I started gaming because of the narrative. I didn't start gaming because I can press a button and things happen. Um, narratives are basically what got me into gaming, and narratives are still one of the main reasons I still play games. Then what? So, what? What? What was the shift for you then? What do you mean? From what, what? What made you shift from the narrative being your primary reason for playing games to seeing? mechanics as oh like that could be interesting too strangely enough i think it was when i actually started playing board games more and i went on the short stint of actually designing some variants of board games and doing some light modding Mm -hmm. and because that helped really forces you to think about why games work the way they work and how you can take a basic mechanic that is shared by all the other games and make that a unique experience that makes your audience prefer your game over theirs. And so I think that that dive into behind the curtain of how board games work started carrying over into video games as well. So it's actually pretty recent, I would say. Two years ago, maybe? Hmm. I mean, definitely, like, undergrad and high school, the most I differentiated was like oh this is a first person shooter that's a RTS whatever didn't really think much about it I feel like I kind of got lucky in that the the advent of the flood of indie games happened about the same time that I actually started paying attention to mechanics so now I have lots of indie games to dig through Hmm. coincidentally worked out. Ben, what kind of game would you make if you were to make one? Or would you make one? Ooh. I think I would like to make a video game. Um, I think I have a much easier time. I have a, I have just as easy of a time as answering that question with the firm yes as Chris seemed to. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of video game is a harder question? I think naturally uh-huh. I I tend to lean towards well what is a story that I would like to tell and then yeah. what would be what would be the mechanic by which um I would uh that would help carry the story or that would help the user to experience the story to its fullest. Mm-hmm. Um so for me it would be like narrative and then what mechanic can help support the narrative is the would be the way that I would uh, go about designing I think. Yeah, the um, Ameritrash approach for board <laughs> games. Theme first, mechanic second. Well, more so than the theme. I, I, I mean story, so I don't think board games have a yeah, direct analogy there. Story. 
Yeah. But the same idea is like I want my players to experience the Wild West. Yeah, no, I don't. What's I don't care about mechanic? that. Well, it's the same idea, right? Like, let's say you want to present a horror story, like then you can. The amnesia mechanic is you can't fight back; you just run and hide. Yeah, but that's still more theme than a story. Okay, fair enough. Right. Um. Like for example, oh, and I I shouldn't bring that game up because we we're gonna be talking about it next time. <laughs> what Mass Effect? I, I've, I've started playing Brothers, by the way. Oh yeah. So, but I, I, I I'm not gonna say anything further, so we can save it for later. Um, oh, that's a good one about uh, for having that. Discussion. Shh, quiet you. <laughs> that's a good one for having that discussion. Um, I'm 44 minutes in. What is it? So, okay, for one, I, I'm not, I'm definitely not as well versed in the, you know, how board games work and stuff as you are. Um, so I don't have full context for what you mean by Ameritrash, except that it sounds very condescending. Um, it's lovingly condescending these days. <laughs> yeah, it's still condescending. Sorry. <laughs> um, Get back. Yeah, that. Ameri garbage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, regardless, um, uh, I think I think theme is different than narrative. I can probably just yeah. stop it there. Yeah. Um. So segueing into brothers. <laughs> what? <laughs> ben just backed away from that, and Chris has dove right in. Well, I mean, more more so than brothers. I feel like if anything, we should be talking about. Please don't touch anything. Oh, that's right. I still haven't played much of that beyond whatever. But you have played it, right? Yes. That's all that really matters, though. I guess to get a full appreciation of it. I should try to finish it. I think we should do it. Finishing it is hard. Yeah, I think we should try playing it together, actually. Yeah. Um, Especially because I know how to get every ending. Oh. Wait, you got every ending? No, well, yes. You you know how to get towards that. Yes, yes. So I you, you I got the puzzles to actually get. Them. I got nineteen out of twenty five. Right. On I think my I have own. nine. And I at at a certain point I was like I I can't afford to just just like keep staring at this. Yeah. And I I just looked up the the other six. Some were pretty hard. Yeah. But I was like, some are definitely. I mean, I was only stuck hard. at nine, so yeah. I've only but, done like maybe fourteen, so. Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, if you were, like, really dedicated and just kind of, like, kept doing it over and over and stuff like that, you, I mean, probably might be able to get a few more and stuff. But I think at a certain point, your mind kind of gets stuck. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you're used to, because the game is kind of repetitive, you know, because after you do one, you have to do the same steps to get to the next one and stuff like that. Yeah. So your mind can easily get kind of stuck in one one route and not see the other path. Um Anyway. Okay. Um, do do we want to do we want to focus on brothers or should we do please don't touch anything? Kind of. Uh, I no. haven't finished brothers, by the way. I've always, two I just, brothers. I just started. It. Right. Two brothers in a few weeks. What are you talking about right now or for next time? For next time. Next time. Oh, uh, for next time. I think we're done for today. Uh, yeah, I can probably finish brothers pretty quickly. Yeah. Not pretty quickly, but uh, I, I probably so, need like 
I probably can't finish this week. Maybe next week. Oh, you're not done either? I'm only 44 minutes in. I took my time with it, because... I, I like the art. Yeah, it's super nice. So, so I, I've been taking my time wandering around and trying to interact with as many things as I can. I looked at the achievements, and I was super sad that I missed, like, all of them. I missed so, them, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I should have interacted more. That's interesting. I, I had a feeling that you guys would be all over the art and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's amazing art. I've seen... But it kind of has... It, I, I enjoyed the fact that it's a bright, colorful game. Okay, so are, are we talking about Brothers now? No. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounds game. like we're talking about Brothers now. No. But I like the fact that it's a bright, colorful game. Just kidding. Okay. Okay, sounds good. So let's, let's beat Brothers and then meet up when we beat it. Take your time. So I guess we didn't really have like a conclusion for her story then. There, the conclusion the is that there is, is no conclusion. Oh! <laughs> oh my goodness! Did you understand the happenings of her story? And the answer was no. Austin, are you satisfied with the ending of this session? Yes. 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 No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I I enjoyed her story. I think I think playing it together it was definitely a worthwhile experience. Mm-hmm. How much did we pay for it? We have to do the uh, run through the whole thing as we did before. We paid. Let's see. Are you doing cost analysis? Yeah, yeah. Huh. We paid three fifty nine, <laughs> or I I paid three fifty nine. We bought it together, so. Right, right. Three fifty nine. Was was her story worth three fifty nine? Us, uh, Chris. Yep, played five hours of it. Played five. How many hours did I play? Actually, <laughs> I should be the same. Oh no, you played a little bit more because you did your solo hunting. Uh, yes, I did. Wait, you only played five hours, Chris? Wait, let me check. I'm pretty sure it was five though. What? Let me see. That I... seems weird. Oh, but then no I, I was also trying to do that mirror. Game. But you guys, you guys see your your value. I'll come back. I I have it logged at eleven. I have eight hours. I I, th- I definitely. Yes, you should have at least eight hours then. I should probably have eight. Or at least seven, maybe. Oh, I have eight. I have eight. Okay. Okay, there you go. Yeah, the eleven. I have eleven because I spent that time trying to get the last ones for us. Yeah. Um. The answer was in your name the whole time. Oh wait, we uh, we completely did not talk about that whole. We should have gotten more into the mechanics thing, actually. Instead oh, of yeah. the plot, I I think like you were saying, Austin, the mechanics is more interesting than the plot here. Yeah. Um, with with, with regards to it being a game, um, the plot plot is definitely interesting, but insofar as it is a game, I think its selling point was the mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Wait, what else did you want to talk about the mechanics? Well, what about the fact that you could have viewed, you could have experienced the entirety of that story in a completely linear fashion by searching for blank? Yet it was cleverly hidden from you. That it wasn't approach. hidden. Or we were misled away from doing that. That's true. But there's no, there's nothing preventing you from being able to do that. 
I think, for me personally, I think that is um, purposefully designed, and I think it was designed pretty cleverly. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, we, we might have touched upon it a little bit before. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess for the record, my, my opinion is that it was oversight. Hmm. Austin? Austin? No opinion on that. Irrelevant. <laughs> Since we didn't do it until the end. Yeah, I guess this is kind of the whole was it the intent or not coming in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally don't like the fact that that is a possibility. So hmm. then it's possible for someone to, you know, read that uh, the readme text and be like, oh, use the tags and stuff. You know, you open you open the murder videos and you see that they all have the blank tag. And it's like, oh, I wonder what would happen. Oh, oh I get all the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in, on one hand, like, I guess that makes sense with the way that they designed the whole database query thing. Though, on the other hand, I feel like the tag should have been designed differently. It um, it takes into assumption a few things about you as a player, and if you're one of those players that like to explore things for no reason, you could ruin the whole game for yourself accidentally. Yeah, I think the the fact that that possibility exists kind of makes me think, oh, hmm. yeah. Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't change my enjoyment of the game, though. I can see but that, it, though. It makes me question exactly how much was designer intent and hmm. uh, oversight slash oops didn't think about that like I I read one thing where someone interviewed the guy and he was saying how he didn't think that the players would be focusing so much on the timestamps. Mm-hmm. so I think you would see like the videos in between there's only like three or four seconds in between the video clips in order so it's like is that enough time for the detective to even ask any meaningful question <laughs> so, and, I think he says, yeah, yeah, I don't, he didn't think that that was supposed to, oh. or that was going to, yeah, anyway. Um, Clearly everything was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, but I know, I know. Uh, it, it just makes me, it just puts a lot of things in a gray bucket, which yep. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that in itself was kind of intentional. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I I found a lot of things frustrating with the with the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask you because I remember you, we were when we were playing, you were saying like, oh, the whole search mechanic kind of just feels like a chore. It it and it started to become a chore. I think because that's the only thing you can like. If we wanted, if we want to classify this as a mystery game, mm-hmm. which I think for me is kind of a stretch, um, but let's let's say we want to classify it as a mystery game then the only thing you can do is to search for terms within mm-hmm. within the confines of the game. Um, and I think that feels very lacking in terms of what you can do as a, as a person just trying to solve a mystery. And, and again, that's, that's assuming that we're classifying this as a mystery. Um, like, you, you brought up the Sherlock, Sherlock board game thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely is is like is a mystery, right? There's a story where you don't know exactly what happened, so you're trying to figure out what happened, and you can do you can take different steps to try to get there. 
here, the story is there. Like you know, it's you know it's there in terms of what the game is going to provide for you, but it's just up to you to put in the right words to get the right videos. But you're also only limited to five at a time, and your tool to keep track of which videos you've seen and stuff is not very user friendly. I mean, I think I agree that the interface is not user friendly. And from a few accounts, it sounds like that was intentional, in which case it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. It might just be like an artificial way of hindering progress so you don't finish it quickly. Yeah. Um, I feel like that could have been better designed. I feel like the flow of the game is still pretty similar to the Sherlock board game. And so I still think it's a... I still think it's a mystery. At least I treat it like it is. Yeah. All things aside, though, I thought the acting was pretty great. Oh, the acting yeah. so good. <laughs> I probably job. should have probably should have mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I started watching some of the, in a like the. All the clips in order. Oh, uh, did you? And yeah, I was like, yeah, she, she did a good job. Solid. Solid. I believe she won the uh, actress in a leading, or like voice actress in a leading role or something in the, mm. the video game awards or something, right? I don't know. That'd be cool if she did. Okay, well, it sounds like we're pretty much done with her story. Next game is Brothers, then Wolf Among Us. Yes. And then, and then I got a, I have a sneaky little game that I won't tell you anything about. Though I will preface it once I actually, uh, once we actually move to play it. Okay, mm. but you have to tell us if it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've already gone past a uh, big sale now, though. So doubt, doubtful that it'll just randomly happen to be on sale. You never yeah, yeah, I'll let you know if uh, if if it comes up. I figure I still got another month or so, right? Yep. It's a pretty small game, so it'll probably come on sale. That, or I'll just pick another game. We'll see. We'll see. Have you guys played Limbo? No, I actually haven't. I think I have it though. Yeah, I have it in my library. I've never played it. Have you played it, Chris? Never heard of it. What? Okay. That was almost as big of a hit and a big deal as, like, Braid. At least I treat those two on the same Limbo? level. Limbo? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It has a very particular aesthetic and supposedly had was a very good experience. Yeah, so our whole discussion about like how much weight do we give to mechanics versus narrative with regards to video games made me kind of look through my library and that's one that stands out as um, you know, there isn't really a narrative. It's just it's like it's like, it's like Mario, right? Mm-hmm. It's a platformer. 
a side scroller. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like trailers. Sorry, I feel like these kind of games, um, regard regardless of whether or not I find them enjoyable, still seems a bit hollow to me. Well, I, <coughs> I haven't played them both, so I can't speak personally. It did do well critically, though. Yeah, no, I, like I said, like regardless of whether I enjoyed it or not, mm -hmm. it's it's you play it. I may very much like it and enjoy it very much, but then there's there's nothing really afterwards. Um, kind of, uh, so I, I'm, I'm kind of talking about this afterwards. Right, right. So I'm. I kind of started thinking about this when Chris, you said that if you were to make a game, you'd make a fighting game. Mm -hmm. oh. um, I found that comment to be very interesting. I was trying to think about why that was the case, and I realized it's. I'm finding it hard to um, understand that sentiment because I think my personal inclination is to not is that I don't find s substance, I guess, in games that don't have a a narrative backbone. So more so than um, like why I feel that way because I I think that's just a personal preference thing. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious about what what it is about say fighting games for example that that um, is a is a big draw for you. Um, I think for me fighting games it um. So in a sense, if you're playing, um, say, like any, any PvE game, right, like World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. uh, when you're fighting the boss, right, you're fighting this AI, and at the end of the day, you're fighting like kind of like what the developer developed, right? Because the developer gives you rules and then has this boss, and you're kind of trying to, kind of trying to like figure out the developer and his puzzle. In a sense. Um, and I feel like in a fighting game, the puzzle becomes um, endlessly dynamic because it, the puzzle is always against someone different or someone new. And so um, to me, the, the end game of a fighting game is one of the most dynamic end games you can have because you're always fighting against new and different people. And then even if you fight the same people, styles change, um, people adapt to your style, and then you have to change. And so having the mechanic, like the perfect mechanic behind a fighting game, I think makes it some of the most like exciting and dynamic things that a developer can create. So that, I, I think that that seems to be really telling of our personal um, uh, preferences. Yeah, because you were saying earlier about how you, you appreciate both, you know, both the creator's intent and both the... Uh, the kind of imaginations of the community and whatever new things, interpretations or what have you that the people, the players can come up with. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of seeing now that that's kind of like how fighting games are, right? So you start out with the creator's intent for what the quote-unquote balance is supposed to be and how you're supposed to uh, fight against certain characters and how you're supposed to fight against other characters. Mm -hmm. But then the players themselves and the community builds on top of it and comes up with their own ways to um, play with a certain character or in some cases 
kind of breaks the breaks the way that uh, a certain character was designed um, and creates new uh, meta, if you will, for how you would fight against that character or that player or that style or whatever. Is yeah, that, is, that, is that fair? That is how I feel. Okay, well, that's interesting. I I, I think I've just gotten uh, an extra layer of appreciation for fighting games I haven't really thought about before. So that's that's kind of like uh, us. Your your kind of um, thing of you know appreciating the uh, the things that the community can come up with and interpretations right. that people can come up with, but in the but but keeping it still within the realm of the game, mm-hmm. right? Like competitive games are actually very difficult to make. Like to develop a balanced meta. Even when your character pool reduces from, say, how many people are in Smash? Like 40 now? Enough. 50? Oh, the new one? Like, just like in general. Oh, like, right, like 40, 50, yeah. Right, but it also it almost always devolves to like the top tier one characters are like maybe 10 or so, 10 to 15 characters, right, out of the 50. Right, so, but even just to balance the meta, so the top 15 characters are. are balanced against each other is very difficult. And then you have games like League or Dota where you have to consider the whole meta of a five-man squad balanced against other five-man squads, which is why the balancing those completely is almost irrelevant. Rather, you just balance based on the previous patch and you depend on the community to basically break it enough so you know how to balance it again in the future. Mm-hmm. Right, so the meta constantly shifts, and that's what makes competitive games, I think, really interesting. Um, so I definitely think there is a there's an impressive amount of work that has to go into making fighting and competitive games. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, difficulty aside, I, I was just trying to draw a parallel between uh, the yeah, di- I, the two yeah. different ways that a community can contribute to. Um, the experience of a game of a, of a of a video game post and whatever. Yeah, the difference I would say is in a competitive game, it's almost dependent on having a community. Since community, the game's probably not like I don't think any fighting game stands well by itself. It just doesn't have the same impact that a single player game might have. Well, I guess that might depend on what you're expecting, though. That's true. Like, I remember when I was little, like, we liked playing Street Fighter 2 and Mortal <laughs> Kombat just just for the... Just, just because. Just because we can push buttons and hit each other. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, we were definitely... It says older not... gamers. Right, 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 right. We're a bit more picky. Sure. We should have an episode of what kind of games we would design. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like an interesting exercise. Also, Chris, would your top three games all be fighting games? Or would like two of them be fighting games or slash competitive games or just one? Like there's one end all fighting game in your book and the other two are not fighting games at all. It's just one fighting game. Um, really quick. So my top three is Chrono Trigger. Super Smash Bros. Melee, and then Super Mario 64. Uh, Did you do your top three? Uh, not, not, not in its own depth. episode. Yeah. 
Um, Chrono Trigger, I'll admit, is probably nostalgia. Um, uh-huh. Melee is a fighting game. And then Mario 64, I think, has almost as much player interpretation <laughs> as... Oh, that's interesting. ...as um, any other game because of the way you can beat it or you can play through it. That's very interesting. I never... I, I admit, I never played Mario 64. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I still haven't beat it, actually. So good. Because I was very that. methodically getting every star for every state. Oh, for boy. I don't know how far I've gotten in that game, actually. Like Right now, I'm looking at my game library. I'm trying to think what were... Almost always, I th- feel like my top three would be based off which game, when I finished it, as I was going to bed, it left me with... It didn't... Oh, that's not the right way to put it. The game still didn't leave me. Oh, even that's... after this. Ooh. Right? Like, you finish the game, you sit there, maybe for like five minutes, ten minutes, you go about the rest of your day, and you feel like... Oh, man, like... I feel like you really feel like something big has ended. Yeah, I think I, I have a like a very easy answer to that one for for myself. I mean, I have one game that's super obvious, and that's the Mass Effect series. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, that, oh, that's I mean, actually that, surprising to me. I mean, besides like my like visceral, the visceral poor reaction to the ending definitely contribute it in a negative way but still like it was a completion of a whole series and I definitely sat there and had to it took a long time to digest that um, but I definitely know there are a few games that did that To the Moon oddly enough did do that I was actually going to say that for myself yeah um, but then I'm I'm actually just realizing that I might be biased now um, so not so much with the games themselves, but the manner in which I'm playing it. So more recently, mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of games with Jenny. We've been playing together. And I think that actually is a is a biasing factor of my enjoyment of the game. Because I think playing with someone adds another dimension to it that yeah. I did not previously fully appreciate. Being the being the antisocial and human hating person that I am, <laughs> um, it can add or detract from a gaming experience. Yeah, that that may very well be I agree. true. Um, but given that most of the games that we've been playing together have been narratively driven, um, I think the kind of like what happened with her story for us, where like as we're progressing through the game we're exchanging ideas and interpretations of of what's going on um, and voicing your opinions and interpretations out loud I think is very different than just mulling it over inside your head silently um, so like to the moon for example that we were like you know like we were feeding off of each other's uh, reaction and emotion mm-hmm. being like oh my god and whatever I think that actually was made it more enjoyable. Huh. Yeah. I think as I get older, gaming becomes more social. Um, 
that's one of the main reasons why I think I like the idea of the game club is because I'm almost at a stage where I almost won't play single player games anymore. What? Like just by myself. That's a bold I, statement. I almost. I say almost. Not completely won't. Almost. Like I played all of uh-huh. Tomb Raider and that was fun. I actually couldn't finish Dragon Age, uh, whatever the latest one was, even though I enjoyed the second one a lot. And I, and that's like with the hated one. In terms did, of, did you enjoy playing Spec Ops on your own? I did, but I also played it with like the, oh, I can't wait to talk about it. Ah, uh, I see, kind of I see. So that was kind of the motivation for you to. I think the two games. I'm looking at that catalog again. The most recent games I really liked playing, and I played those solo. Ooh, okay, now I'm getting more games where it's like, oh, those left a pretty big impression. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite was great. I really liked it. And Transistor was great. Both of those left me with a sitting there and like almost dumbfounded expression on my face as I tried to process everything that happened. Yeah. Both of those games sit on that list next to To the Moon and Mass Effect. Um, And those I did play by myself without knowing that we'll ever talk about them elsewhere. So, you know, I still do play games by myself. Just as I get older, I... This just in, Austin does not play games by himself and will never play games by himself ever again. No! <laughs> it's true! It has been said. It's I'm, all I'm true! A, I'm actually really excited for us to talk about The Wolf Among Us. I can't wait for you guys to play it. Yeah, I think like that's the... So I played the first episode. And that definitely had like a. <gasps> I, I think you should replay it. I know, of course I will. Okay. I definitely don't remember enough that it's worth that it, it would be worth replaying it again. Also, my my save file is not on my Steam anyway, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. About. I remember episode one. At the end of it, I was like, <gasps> <sighs> "Too bad the rest of the game costs money. I'm not gonna pay." That's actually what happened. <laughs> I got episode one for free. It was like it was, it was free on the iPad or something. Do you play games with Elaine? I remember you said you played like Torchlight together. Yeah, we played Torchlight, but just as the time difference, it's it's hard, right? It's hard. I would love to. I know I would definitely do like the Mass Effect thing with her as well, just like you and Jenny did. Yeah, um, that's definitely in the plan, or at least like games like that. <laughs> Dude, I I, I, I now have like a catalog of games to play as a couple. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, yeah, um, I actually talked about this with my with my former coworker before too, where, uh, but he's more of an Xbox guy, but he he. Yeah, we were both talking about how like games where you can play with another person is like a, an extra dimension now when you yeah a significant other or whatever. And I think that's I think gaming as more games are as gaming becomes more mainstream, I guess, or holds more appeal to the general audience. I'm really excited about that. Like, I think it's. Uh, great bonding activity there's a lot of good content out there and a lot of it works well with two players or not even two players just like a let's watch style is really fun yeah so i'm all about that that's great hey chris you know um <laughs> i i didn't realize that your 
plus one for the time travel lab was gonna be your was gonna be your girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know you had a girlfriend. I thought it was just gonna be like like some like college buddy or something you had. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just surprised. It's like what, Chris? You you talking about Gaylord Harmony, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because she's not really a gamer either. So I'm like, oh darn it, I need to find couples oh my games. Gosh. Michelle oh yeah, was I was super bored when we were nerding out. <laughs> I know, super bored. Not just like a little bit bored, but like nerds. I'm gonna look at whatever <laughs> I'm looking at on my phone. What about board games, Chris? Does she, was she was she interested in um, One Night Ultimate, for example? Uh, I think Liz was more interested. Yeah, she she seemed to show more uh, engagement in. Which is interesting, since Sebastian says she hates board games. <laughs> Arlie, well, wait. Yeah. Who was the one that was? Oh, wait, that was Simon. Never mind. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, can you? We should do a uh, one night ultimate werewolf, featuring Alice, Amanda. <laughs> Basically, the all, all just of the, the just just the significant yeah. others. Yeah. <laughs> See how that goes. That's it. <laughs> See who wins. <laughs> this is like a Pokemon battle or something. Yeah, Pokemon <laughs> battle. It's a significant other battle. My significant other is better than your significant other. Use Growl. <laughs> uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I guess it's it's interesting to me to. Well, I mean, Amanda has joined us for a few games before. Mm-hmm. Um. Alice has joined us for King's King of Tokyo before. Oh yeah, that's right. She did. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. Anyway, that'll that should that'll be interesting. Um Oh Chris, hey. I don't know if we're gonna play Fury. Fury Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's a three hour game, dude. If not longer. Well, I estimated the time. If anything, we can just read the rules. I don't, I don't have the game with me. Gather around, kids, as we read the rules. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bring the game back with me. Oh, well, Anthony will have it. Switch. Yeah, and I, don't, I just don't really want to spend that time reading rules at their place. I really just keep the games rolling. I mean, if you're really excited about it, you are welcome to read all the rules. Yeah, I'll probably read it on the side, like, while, like, if we're, like, downtime or, like... Hey, I mean, if you're that excited about the game... You can hold on to it till next game time. Uh, yeah, I'll look into it. I didn't, I didn't read too much about it. It just looks really good. It's also a sick game, but yeah, people definitely report playing like four to five hour games on that. <laughs> so that's definitely a bit of a commitment, and it's probably a closer to five hours when it's our first time and not used to the rules. So I'm a little hesitant to do this because it seems like our gaming session this time will be a little shorter. Yeah, seven thirty is early. If we knew that, we could have gone somewhere else. Maybe we should. Why don't we just go somewhere else then? We didn't know that beforehand. It's not a bad suggestion. Well, you guys can suggest it. I don't. With care. all this wine tasting talk, I I was very <laughs> tempted to make a comment of wine. I'll bring the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going wine tasting. 
I'm, I don't like to mix wine tasting with board games. So, <laughs> I don't mix my board games with wine. Yeah. <laughs> wine and board games is not I a know. good combo. No, 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 no. I don't mix wine and I don't mix board games and wine tasting. I'm totally fine with mixing board games and wine. Oh. This just in: Austin wants to get drunk while playing board games. I wouldn't mind. Well, um, yeah, this is kind of a an interesting predicament now. What about the uh, the time thing? Like, I mean, we didn't we didn't realize that Brian had to leave early, and it would be a little weird and awkward to be in if his we house when he got while there. He left. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, how many people? Do you know how many people we're gonna have? There's nine of us, right? Yeah, and I don't know if Liz is coming up to hang out with Amanda. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. uh, I'll let you guys figure that out. I have too much going on this week. Okay. Well, this was a fun session, guys. I'm ready to go what to bed. Was it? It was. <laughs> it was. Okay. Alright. I'll see you later.